Hello and welcome to Don't Talk About It. I'm your host, Dean D, and today I have Chris with me all the way from Fort Worth, Texas. Chris is a wellness professional and leader of uh, the community at large there and is a little go-to guru. So, uh, Chris, why don't you go ahead and tell us a little bit about yourself? Hi, Dean. Thanks for having me on, man. I just uh, a little bit of background on me. Um, you know, honestly, I'm a I'm a true Oklahoman living in a Texas world right now. Um, but I'm a I'm an exercise physiologist and I've been in the field since 2005, and um, really have had an opportunity to explore all phases of wellness, from um, you know retail all the way to medical, and then you know exploring on to like uh, corrective exercise and corporate wellness, things like that. So um, definitely have a lot of uh, good things to share, and uh, we'll see what uh, this conversation brings. Yeah, thanks, Chris. I appreciate you being on the show today. Um, Anybody who volunteers to go on the mic, I give extra credit for. Uh, It's sometimes hard to put it out there, but, you know, as a wellness professional, you know it's it's helpful when, when we share these tap, uh, topics and tools. Uh, Chris and I were actually talking about a conversation the other day, and uh, the topic at hand was introvert in an extrovert environment. And this is one that I, got to be totally honest with, I haven't given really any thought to because I am a natural extrovert. I love my ego. I love attention. So, you know, when you're teaching a fitness class, you're the center of attention, and that uh, that fits right along with my personality. But, you know, when Chris brought this up, it was, it was that moment of, oh, my God, I've never put myself outside that box into somebody else's shoes. Uh, so Chris is uh, definitely an introvert and has spent some time thinking about this. Uh, so kind of first things first, Chris, uh, why don't you just share a little bit what that's like. And, you know, for me, you know, getting into the exercise environment was just a, a no-brainer fit. But how did, how did you end up in that direction? You know, I, uh, I was actually in college and working towards a secondary education degree. Knew that I really wanted to, to affect young people and kind of create as much uh, of a healthy environment at a younger age. Um, you know, starting at high school or elementary or whatnot. And so kind of got in that direction with college and, and um, eventually just started working my way through it. And then, you know, as you, as you learn about different areas, it just becomes something that I really didn't want to pursue anymore. Um, and so then I had a professor, actually, she said, you know, hey, you'd be great at this. Why don't you come take this seminar or this workshop and uh, get certified as a as a personal trainer, I'm like, okay. So I looked at it and uh, ended up taking the course, and then I ended up changing my changing my field to uh, exercise science, really, which my degree was actually called health and human performance. But um, you know, and I started. That's how I kind of got into it. She kind of just said, "Hey, I think you'd be great at it, and uh, you're in this field already. So um, see where it takes you." And, and sure enough, I did. So. So, Chris, on that topic, let's see if we can roll back the clock a little bit more. Um, so bef- uh, before you got into college, um, let's, I would say, even go back to being a kid. Um, were you, did you feel that you were an introvert as a kid and that the exercise field was 
more of something you were guided into or did you grow up with exercise? Um, you know, cause I, I know quite a handful of uh, introverts and uh, most people know, right. Kind of as a kid, if they are or aren't. So uh, can you roll us back a little bit more with, with your stories? Yeah, man. So I grew up, you know, I grew up in a small town and so I didn't grow up in a, in a community that was really health conscious, really, that you would say. And so, you know, um, you know, so, so what I would tell you to tell you today is that looking back in my life and really kind of understanding, um, and retrospectively looking at things, I was just an active kid. I was, you know, I was skinny, I was, um, little and things like that. So, you know, um, being active and running around was an everyday thing for me. So, you know, in school, you know, it was the opportunity just to kind of to, to play and, and to get into sports and things like that. So, um, no, not really. I wasn't, I wasn't ever really guided. You know, my, I worked on a farm and we had 375 acres and we, so we had responsibilities. Um, not a lot of playtime, you would say. I mean, we did have a little bit, of, but you found unique ways to do it. And so it was kind of one of those things where where I just – I knew as I aged and got out of high school, um, I just want to do something more with my life, you know, and college seemed to be that, but really kind of wanted to think about um, what direction I went. And so I, I just kind of pulled the trigger because I was athletic and um, enjoyed that and learned a little bit from it. And so um, – that's kind of how I, I just kind of, I don't know, maybe my mind was geared towards that. I don't really know. But um, I chose the degree that I wanted to, to try to pursue, and then it led me into the, the fitness world. So it was interesting. It was an interesting trail. So, yeah, no. Yeah, that makes sense. Uh, you know, being uh, in a smaller town and you're probably forced more, I would say, to interact with, with people. Um, you know, I, I know – in those small towns, like uh, sitting in your house and reading a book probably wouldn't get you as many friends in that town and would kind of single you out a little bit more. Um, so, so as you got into this natural, I would say, kind of way of uh, interacting with people and being fit, when did this epiphany then hit you that, hey, like, I'm actually – in an environment that doesn't directly mesh with my personality. Did that come later, that introvert epiphany? Yeah. So, you, you know, um, with that, it's, it's kind of funny because, yeah, I think it, it came quite a bit later, uh, realizing that I was, that I was an introvert and, um, you know, with looking back at things, I think as a kid, you really kind of are trying to just fit in with all the other kids. You're trying to be high tempo and you're trying to, you know, um, get people to notice you. And the way I did that was, you know, I was good at sports. I was a fast kid, you know, and once I was able to play football, then it all came um, kind of come together. And so, you know, when I was in junior high, I got my first paper write up and then everybody kind of started knowing my name. And then as I went through the school systems, I, uh, you know, I just got more recognition for being an athlete, really, and that was the big thing. And so, um, 
you know, and so kind of that looking, positive reinforcement to to the behavior is um, is kind of what it, it sounds like is you appreciated the recognition. Um, but I know, like when you and I you know spoke last week, uh, you, you kind of mentioned a bit more about like you've been thinking a lot and you're just you're feeling like you're having these rec- these uh, realizations that um, this work field is more geared towards, I would say, somebody like myself or, you know, somebody who's like not a go-getter, but somebody who's more willing to put themselves out there. Um, because, I mean, for example, my wife always laughs at me, the fact that she she tells me you're one of the best salesmen I know, and that's because when somebody tells you no, it doesn't even phase you. You just move on to the next person. Like, you know, so, so kind of this constant perseverance of um, being told no a hundred times or constantly putting yourself out there. Like, I know I feed off of other people. Like, I get energy off of other people. And my wife, who's an introvert, she gets drained off of other people. So, you know, she used to work at Dutch Bros and would be very on, on, on for her performance. But prior to that shift and after that shift, she was so quiet. It was almost like that, those were her boundaries in that recharge time. Um, are are you feeling like you're noticing some of that? Is that what led to the conversation at hand here? Yeah, definitely in that regard. Um, I would be, I would say, you know, I'm, I'm a lot like that in regards to, you know, I started noticing things as being a, a fitness professional, uh, joining a medically based fitness facility in Tulsa, um, you know, I worked my way up, but, you know, at the end of every week, I would notice that I'm just emotionally and, and completely drained. Like, and, mm-hmm. it, and it becomes one of those things where, you know, I was like, well, I don't understand this. I mean, I'm a fitness professional. I'm, I'm running marathons. I'm doing triathlons, you know, all these different things. But, you know, I was so drained at the end of the week. Even at the end of the day, I'd notice a complete difference. And it, then it was – I was completely fine by myself. And so, you know, it, it, I started always finding that funny. But, yeah, I mean, um, most recently I would so honestly say that there's something more to it. I've really dug down and, and tried to introspectively look at, you know, what is what is this about? What, what is this about? And so, um, you know, and then I realized, you know, maybe I'm just an introvert. This is work for me. This is hard. You know, always being on, always being in front of people, and but that's the face of my business. You're you're always interacting with people, and you're always trying to one. You're always listening. That's the crazy thing about our field is we're we wear a lot of different hats in our field, and so um, I'm just noticing that it just took a lot out of me, um, and it was it, it was a complete light bulb moment for me. Yeah, I mean that that drained at the end of the day. I mean, you figure you're well educated on six different dimensions of wellness that all collaborate and work together and add in our lives. And I mean, yeah, you're you're talking about being an athlete and those different areas of exercise, but that's kind of focused on that physical side and it sounds like what that mental side was what was draining you. It didn't matter matter how many times 
you spent on the treadmill a week or how many marathons you ran, at the end of the day, being able to perform for like four classes or five classes, maybe not have that office time, that quiet time to recharge, uh, is that, that drain for you. And, and so it's like, for example, for me, when I would come home from, from a day of interacting with, you know, 1,500 people, I'd come home and my wife thought I was on like, you know, speed or something. I was, you know, my, my energy was through the roof. I was zooming. I was, you know, couldn't sleep. My mind was going. I had all these ideas and being around that many people at the end of the day would leave me kind of uplifted. And it sounds like for you, it was the, the reverse effect. And so what, now that you've had this realization, what are you starting to, to pin together? Are there boundaries that you're setting? Um, how has this kind of changed that lens that you're looking through a perspective? You know, some of the, 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 the funny thing is to, to just go ahead and piggyback off what you said about the mental versus the physical, and it's really tying those, those two and they're sep- and they're separating them. Because, like I said, you know, therefore, my mental side was like, oh, you're an athlete. You're, you can do this, and you've done this. You've, you've conquered these uh, huge tasks. But at that time, it's not, divide, it's not separating them out. And what I realized that, yeah, giving my emotional and mental attention to either the task at hand, which is teaching a class, or the client that's in front of me, or – um, even the coworker teaching the coworker, you know, um, how all that stuff really tied in. It was just uh, physically draining. So, you know, what I what I'm finding now is that man, I really have to, I have to still moment, you know, because right now I'm, you know, I've, I'm married and I have two little girls. One's uh, one's two and one's like 11 months right now. And so, like, still, like when I literally say stealing moment, it's just stealing moments to try to get myself um, recharged for that quick um, next moment of being on with a two-year-old and running and jumping and then um, taking care of the needs of, you know, the 11-month-old that's fastly developing. And so don't get me wrong, I love every minute of it, but I just realize <laughs> it takes small moments for me. And it's And the way I look at it is, you know, mowing the yard is a task for most people, but it's a recharge for me because I can plug my earphones in, I can just lose myself in my thoughts for a beat, and then and then I'm good from there. I might be a little, you know, drained from the heat here in Texas, but <laughs> overall, <laughs> it's, uh, it's a moment that I get or, you know, I find myself still in my way to the garage, you know, even, you know, cycling you know, getting up at 5 a.m. and then going for a quick ride, you know, 25 miles or so, and then just really clearing my head so I can really try to try to look at the day and what it all involves. So, yeah, just trying to incorporate some different tactics, but also really some self-meditation, not medication. I, 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 I like, like the word play there, Chris. That's awesome. Yeah, because I, and you – Stole, I mean, you stole the words. I love it. Is feeling moments when you say that, like those times to yourself, um, like the bike ride you're talking about. Some people, I actually did 
a podcast last week on checking the box, which was, you know, my meditation needed to look a certain way where your meditation is getting on the bike and having that recharge time. So the question that I have off of this is it sounds like you're starting to set some better boundaries and some um, more specific regimens to kind of fill those areas of void um, or where you're getting drained, try to fill that cup up a little bit. But here's the question at hand. Do you feel at this point in time, is it like if I drive and I've got $5 for gas so I can get like two gallons and I'm almost on E, like are you pulling in and just getting two gallons and then back out and seeing how far you can get and pulling in and getting two gallons? Yeah. Or are you finding ways or how are you thinking you're going to get to maybe putting a half a tank of gas in there or trying to put a full tank of gas? or accepting if that's even possible. So that, that's kind of the analogy at hand. I, I really like your idea of healing moments, trying to recharge yourself with meditation instead of medication. And <laughs> dude, I've, I wrote that one down. I like that a lot. And, and with that is, like, how much gas are you actually putting in your tank? Is, is $5 enough to get you where you're going? Or is there like a big picture here? Like, you know, we're going on a road trip and I need a full tank of gas plus an extra 20 gallons in the back. Yeah. I often really think at this point, it's just stealing, it's just stealing moments to really like, you know, it, you know, expire maybe what all that entails. So, you know, when I talk about stealing moments, yeah, it's just a moment, you know, coming from, you know, coming from a, complete bachelor lifestyle where I, you know, did what I wanted to, when I wanted to, how I wanted to. And then, and then from there going into a completely different uh, transition of life, which, you know, nobody has a handbook on it. Nobody knows what it's like, you know, Mm -hmm. I'm, I'm coping, you know, and I don't really know if there is a correct answer to that really, honestly, for me, you know, but what I, more of a reflection than like, yeah. Yeah, and and what I get really is working for me in in the moments of like doing that. Um, you know, a simple walk with and, and my wife, where you know, my wife can just chatter away, and I'm like, I'm I'm listening, but I'm not really listening. You know what I mean? Like sometimes I can just zone out for a minute, and it doesn't ever work for me. But you know, sometimes it's just that <laughs> where you know I just really have to get away. Yeah. Mentally mentally and and so absorbing so much stuff and and you know i think so much not just what's in front of you but even society and what what is going on around us in the country you know it still plays a role into that so you're really maybe not trying to personally me not trying to steal away from time for my family but thinking about the things that are going on in the world with with all the craziness that's happening we're just okay, I'm just letting that go because I have no control over that. Let me focus on my family, my girls, my wife, and then and then just taking that deep breath and letting it all go. That, I really enjoy that, Chris. That is an excellent way to look at your situation and apply a realistic setting because one of the things that I see often is, when somebody looks at somebody else's life and they say, how can I do that? Well, like, for example, my wife and I, we don't have any kids. 
And so when I come home, like that time to recharge is there. I could take the whole evening to recharge if I want to. And so for me, I could go out there and be my full-blown extroverted self and just leave it all out there because when I get home, I know Jenna doesn't really want to listen to me ramble for the rest of the night. She's got a lot to say too. So <laughs> I, I I hear what you're saying about your wife is it's not that you're not listening, it's just you are not a active participant in the conversation. You are you're absorbing what she's saying and it's meaningful to you. There's just not the expectation for you to dive in with additional questions. It's almost like you're getting your daily news news brief, you know? Yeah, exactly, and that's and that's it's funny that you describe it that way because oftentimes my wife is always, uh, you know, she's always said, you know what, I just need more, and I'm telling her a story, but I'm leaving out intricate pieces, and I'm leaving all this information out, and I'm and I'm telling her story like I, you know, like I was there, and then she's like, wait, well, what about this? Uh, what about that? And and I'm like, are you not listening to the story? I'm totally telling you the story, but. <laughs> I'm leaving out all the stuff that I guess she wants to know. So yeah, I mean it's yeah, it's perfect the way you stated it because that's that's um definitely sometimes how it, it feels. So Yeah, but, and I re- really like your what you're talking about is when you look back at your life, it sounds like you looked at it and you're like, Okay, I got this expectation at work, I have this expectation at home, so how do I steal moments to recharge so that when those expectations to perform are present, you're the best Chris you can be for both your work environment and as a father, you know, and as a husband. Exactly. And that's, and that's, uh, you know, oftentimes, you know, up till recently, it was one of those things where I was just, my thought patterns, I really hadn't thought about it too much, but I was, taking the assumption that, you know what, I'm just, I'm, I'm, I'm an extrovert. I love the spotlight. I love this and I love that. Well, I do like attention. Who doesn't? I mean, but (laughs) in the grand scheme of things, you start to really learn if you sit there and, and think clearly about, you know, and reflect about things that, that has happened in your life. And so, you know, if, if you would have asked me this, Three years ago, I'd have been like, yeah, total extrovert. Because I've taken the tests with different employers about your personality and what color means what and the Myers-Briggs and all that kind of stuff. And and I think you just – your patterns change as you age. You know, I think some people stay an extrovert and they can can maintain that. But, you know, come the realization – for me, is I just never really were was an extrovert, and I think anybody that you t- would talk to that knew me would probably say I was an extrovert. But I'm finding that uh, it, you know I can I can be that guy, mm-hmm. that guy, but I really am not. I can't sustain that guy. I'm just not that guy. Yeah, if you're taking that extra time or you're taking that extra effort to be untrue to yourself or to um, be an expectation for others, but not a realization for yourself. It it almost reminds me, I I wrote this down while you were speaking, it reminds me of conditioned extrovert or conditioned introvert. And what it 
what that boils down to is let's say you have a family where anytime you try to speak up and you're an extrovert, um, you know, maybe you're told to be quiet. Maybe you're running around too much and you're getting spanked because your energy is too high. Yeah. Um, I mean, you're almost conditioned to be a certain way. So it sounds like this conditioned extrovert personality is, oh, yeah, yeah, I'm an extrovert and I'm, um, I, this is the way I am as an individual. And in your, I would say, Chris, how old are you now? Don't mind me asking. Man, I am 40. Are you? Excellent. I would not have guessed that. Well done, sir. Um, but in so in this in this wider phase, you said three years ago with thirty seven was when you would say, Yeah, I'm still an extrovert. So yeah. what was that do you have like a moment that that was or I guess what transpired over those past three years to bring you to where you are now where you're stealing moments and you're looking at yourself from a more genuine point of view. It's more or less. It's more or less. It's just a reflection of 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 the last you know years, and and watching myself go through these different phases of life. And so, um, you know, like I've just never really been comfortable in crowds, and so I've never liked the extra stimulation of of big crowds and things like that. I can do, you know, smaller crowds and, and maintain it intimate, but, you know, I think it was, it was, it, it, you know, as we, as we slow down and COVID has really slowed me down mm-hmm. in the social aspect. And so I think you have that time to really kind of just um, look inside if you really, if you were really interested in, in growing, you know, and, and being married, honestly, man, being married is, is a continual growth thing for me because it's, uh, my wife challenges me. That's just all there is to it. And I think marriage challenges you um, really growing with someone. And so I'm not perfect at it, but it's forced me. And that's what kind of opened this whole, like this whole like reflection of, of who am I really? I'm four yeah. years old. You know, I've relocated. I've, um, I've had the pleasure of being on a lot of different platforms in my fitness um, career you know, and so, uh, you know, it's kind of one of those things where I just took the time to really look inside and look at my journey and realize some things about myself on, you know, and, and even looking at the bad stuff, not only looking at the good stuff, but looking at the bad stuff too, you know. And so for me, you know, it's just one of those things where COVID has opened a good door for me and to understand why I operate in certain um in certain standards of of um, communication and relationships and things like that. So, yeah. Wow, Chris. Like, what you just said about COVID, I just actually had a realization that I did not realize this was such a recent development for you of reflection. Yeah. Um, when, when we spoke the other week, I thought this is something that you'd been thinking about for the last, like, few years, but it sounds like this is just something that really hit since, like, March and yeah. is, a, is a new development. Yeah, definitely has been a new development, and it's been a, you know, it's, it's been an ongoing process, and, and that's why, you know, really, that's why the conversation with you opened up because, you know, you being another fitness professional, it was, a, it was an opportunity for me to really kind of, like, do a little uh, fishing as you might say. <laughs> you know? yeah. You're 
high energy guy and I I can feed off that high energy. I like being high energy too, but at the same time, my my alone time is where I'm like, okay, all right, decompress. Yeah. You know, and sometimes it's it's as simple as, you know, I'm I'm on all day, and then I get in the truck and I'm just I'm driving home, and I'm like, okay, all right, time to leave that behind me. Let me let me recharge for now, dad mode. You know, and let me be on a different way. And so it's been. It's been an interesting um it's been an interesting few weeks for me and few months for me and um but I'm glad that I've had the epiphany because I think it will really um help me in the direction that I choose to go from here on out. Yeah, I mean it's it's interesting when you how I guess what I'm ultimately trying to say is when you are given a more correct focus things start to make more sense. And what I mean by that is I was always told for so long that I'm ADHD. I'm ADHD, you're high energy, you're ADHD, you're high energy, you're ADHD. And yes, that's true. I am high energy that I am ADHD. But so all, but what I, but the issue with that is all my education and coping mechanisms were focused and pigeonholed into ADHD. Yeah. Then I started seeing, you know, a counselor and I got married and you talked about your wife challenges you. My wife says this one thing that pisses me off so much and I love it. It's <laughs> she, what I say is like has the truth mirror. So like I'm good at bullshitting myself. I cannot bullshit her. <laughs> and, and it's not like, were you out drinking with your buddies? Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, it's like, why are you upset? And I'll say, oh, I'm, I'm not upset. I'm, I'm feeling okay. And then she just gives me this stare, and I'm like, damn it, there's a freaking truth bearer. She's right. I'm, ups- I'm, I'm upset about something, and I'm ignoring it, and, yep, this is what it is. Or, you know, I'll try to come home and be really excited about something that I'm really not that excited about. And, <laughs> and she does this truth mirror thing, and I feel like that challenge is – when you have somebody who you really value, love, and respect, and they challenge you to be a better person or even dive into yourself and value yourself more, uh, you can really, really learn a lot. And you said COVID is an opportunity to grow and explore. Absolutely right. If you have this much free time on your hands, why <laughs> not get an education about yourself? Yeah, definitely. I mean, Work on my like, PhD with that. So yeah. Yeah, read that book a bit more. Yeah. And and you know you're talking about large crowds. I mean, I would look at a, a we'd have events and I'd put on these events and there'd be you know five five six hundred people show up, and I would look out there and go, oh, I wish there was more. Yeah. And yeah. I mean, and it was like I wanted to circle that whole room by the time it was done and. Being in COVID, when you know when you're home and you have isolation, for me that was when I really realized how much of an extrovert I was because I had nobody to feed off of except for my quiet wife. Yeah, <laughs> and, yeah. I mean, and that's the thing about it is like I I've talked to corporations as well, and and I've you know you have those moments of like man, this is a great opportunity. You know, I'm excited to do it, and and I. And I look back of it. I look back at that moment, and I'm just like, you know, that was a great experience for me. But man, was it exhausting! And yeah. so, you know, and the, and the biggest thing now is like I I call it, you know, I call it. I just really have to 
I have to turn on a switch, and I have to I have to really kind of gear myself up for things that I know that I'm going to be um, challenged with as far as you know classes. Classes for me, it's you know first thing in the morning, and so I'm not a morning person anyway. But then I find that I have to really start to um, gear myself up, and that and that a process. Let me just tell you. <laughs> yeah. Can, can you, is there, are you willing to dive into that a little bit? It sounds like it maybe starts with the meditation bike ride, but how do you, I guess, for example, I used to do this thing that everybody has their own little silly thing that they do. Um, but a friend of mine back in high school, he and I, when we were wrestling, we used to do this Superman thing where we would pretend that we were like ripping our shirts open and it had like the S underneath it. And we would do that right before a wrestling match. Like, all right, you got this like Superman. And, and so I know like when I would go speak nationally to a room of, you know, three, 400 people, I would be, you know, up on stage and I turn around for a second and I just do this thing to myself and I'm like, all right, super bad. Like you got this. And just turn around. It was like, boom. Then it was game on. I was ready to go. So what's your process? How, how do you start to psych yourself up for the, let's pick the classes. And you said, that's something you really have to do. And it's a process. Can you dive into that process? So definitely for that, you know, it's one of those things where, you know, I, of course, any great, fitness professional will always kind of prep, but they also have moments of like, you know what, I'm just going to totally wing it, you know, but, mm-hmm. you know, a lot of times for me, it's, it begins with the prep, and so typically I'll be spending time finalizing um, the day's workouts and, and what components are feeling what, and so that kind of gets me to think about it, and then so when I start, it's a lot of self-talk, it's like, okay, all right time to go let's get let's start thinking about this and it's just starting this positive self-talk about okay let's just take one step at a time and go and then oftentimes man i'm i'm like a big component of music and so i i can always find things um through music and so a lot of times it's it's one of those things where i find a good beat um or i find something that's going to kind of build me up and, and really kind of get me going, amp me up. And so from there, I'll be able to, to to take the next step forward. And then oftentimes it's just about, you know, that final step is just finally just reaching out and flipping that switch on. And so that's when people are in the room and you're kind of starting the interactions, your good mornings, hey, how's it going, what's going on, you guys ready to work hard. And then it just starts snowballing for me. And then once once I start moving, um, it really starts to take off. I just start to elevate my vocals, and and it gets more positive, and and I just turn that switch on. And then so so I'm teaching like five five classes a day currently right now, back to back, and so it's just oh wow, just continuously um, waiting for the next crew to come through. And so you you kind of keep it positive as possible. And then I just continue to to really challenge people, um, you know. And by the third, by the fifth class, you know, it, you can start to see the drain, and it it starts to come down a little bit. And then, you know, I I, I still thirty minutes away, and then go to the next face to face meeting that I have. And so, yeah, man, it's it's 
I would say mainly a lot of it is stimulated by uh, music, and and so I'm a big proponent of music, and and um, it's been a challenge for me because sometimes when you're in classes, the music that you pick is not always uh, fan favorite. So <laughs> different different demographic for sure. <laughs> so, yeah. <laughs> Not, you're not uh, playing anything that's um, totally outrageous, but you you know you're just trying to get things with strong beats, and sometimes that's not what that population wants or um, or what that demographic needs at that point. So everybody has yeah. a favorite. I appreciate the the info on the process, Chris. It's it's interesting, kind of the difference in personalities in the same field. Um, it reminds me of when I used to teach classes. One, I would literally, or on days that I was managing, I would have to do surprise classes. I'd be driving into work, getting parked in my car, and all of a sudden an employee who's supposed to be there in five minutes is like, I'm stuck in traffic, there was a, a wreck, I'm not going to be there for class today. And I've always been a, a high acceler in the fake it till you make it area, and <laughs> It's, it's kind of just that overwhelming confidence that, like, you just commit to offering the best that you can offer, and, I mean, that's all you can put on the table. So, uh, I mean, I remember I, I had to teach aerobics, and I never taught aerobics in my life. I had no idea what the hell I was doing. And I was Googling YouTube videos on aerobics routines walking from my truck to the parking lot, knowing that I had to teach a class in a couple minutes. And it was just a false sense of confidence. Like, oh yeah, you got this. You got this. They're just going to be happy. You know, worst case scenario, you take everybody outside, you do some stairs. Like, I mean, I, it's just this kind of whatever comes my way, I almost feel like biting it off without thinking about it is more my approach um, with with classes was the more I thought about it, the more I got my energy drained. And, um, and this is, I, I realized I, I didn't make this finishing point, but part of it was when I was talking about ADHD and everybody said I was ADHD, well, I found out that part of my area is actually anxiety produced, is worrying about things, and that creates some high energy too. So as I started to figure out where ADHD fell off and anxiety came in and perfectionism comes into play, that would get me really bogged down for a class. So it was almost this attitude of like, you're going to do this? Hell yes, you are. Let's go. And there was no thought put into it. And it sounds like you've got the polar opposite, like with a lot of thought, a lot of prep, but you're 100% right on the music, Chris, and that's something I do resonate with you very much is my music is more of chill. Like, I listen to a lot of lo-fi. I listen to a lot of, like, chill beats because I need things to bring me down, not to pump me up, (laughs) you know? Like, I mean, there's times I'm driving home and I'm listening to Tibetan drums in my truck, just like, staying at the light, you know? And, and so it, it, I appreciate this conversation because it really dives into what you're currently thinking about as a new fresh take and kind of this cross comparison of personalities working within the same field, but to the audience, to the residents taking the class, 
you and I act or perform very similar, if not the same, but it's the process to get there is what's so drastically different. Yeah, and that's a, I mean, that's, I mean, I, I appreciate you sharing the insight with me because it's so funny because it's, uh, it's, you know, just learning about personalities and how they really come into to play. I mean, I had a, I had a lady today, you know, that I set up a massage with and she, she took, used my lady for a massage and she said, you know, everybody loves her. And two, two ladies had massages back to back. And, and one lady was completely like relaxed and really like whatever. And she was like, Oh my God, I was so wound up. I'm like, Whoa. and I was like, man, that's, that's the first time I've ever heard of that. And, but it fit her personality and it's kind of her, her deal. And, and so, yeah, for me, it's, you know, it's, it's funny that you're listening to real low mellow stuff. Cause it's, for me, it's like EDM and freaking and hard beats and really just fast tempos and, and things that are going to really kind of kickstart my uh, mental process and, and, you know, get into my bones. So as well. So, um, that's that's intriguing. Yeah, I think the end product residents would never know what the difference is, but um, it, it can be a it can be a painful process, you know. Yeah, yeah, man. I mean, to me, it it sounds like for for what we've had for our conversation today, the one of my takeaways that I really want to highlight here is the recognition of conditioned behavior from a younger age and the expectation of job and family doesn't really allow you to dive into who you fully are and kind of see your genuine self. And with proper education, proper searching, the right terminology, you know, being labeled, I hate to say labeled, but when you label yourself it, you pigeonhole yourself, but I exactly. kind of feel like that label does help you get one step. And it's like that label not might not be the shirt you're wearing. That's just the stepping stone that you're walking on. And the next label is another thing, and the next label is another thing. But all these rocks that you're stepping on are educational factors that make up who you are and perspectives that make up who you are. And without actually looking inward for those, you're just going to stay on the path that you were conditioned to be in. Yeah, definitely. I think, you know, if, if in being in the field that we're in, if, if there's not a lot of um, reflection and introspective thought about the journey, sometimes it's, it, it can be really meaningless work, really. But I've always, I've always taken my, uh, you know, it's always taken my, my drive very, very seriously as far as the field, you know, and, and, and it, and it's, and it's got me a long ways. It's got me a lot of different, um, like I said, a lot of different platforms within fitness and I've really enjoyed the journey. And so, um, and it's funny that you even said earlier in the, in the comments that you said that, you know, Hey, you're, you're more of like, you get a no, you're coming back again. See, I got it. If I got a no, I was done. I was like, okay, you don't want it. There you go. I'm, I'm not going to sell you my product. My product speaks for itself, and this is how it's going to go. But if you don't want it, then that's okay. I'm like, you know, I'm just I'm jumping ship if I get an L. Um, yeah, I'm like Andy Dufresne. Instead of writing you one letter a week, I'll write you two. 
Exactly. So that was, <laughs> that was the funny thing for me entering the field of fitness is that realizing that, you know, you do have to be a salesman and but but I also learned that being a salesman can mean a lot of different things for each and every fitness professional, you know, and it's and it's you sell by, you know, what you're doing, you sell by how you're acting. But you and and then you can be naturally a, a, a gifted with the word of gab, you know, and and how to 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 talk people in that way that way. And you could and and then I would even say hard selling is a gift because I definitely don't have that. Some people are just born salesmen, um, but I'm the guy that you know if you like my product, I'm going to show you how much you like my product, and I'm going to yeah. show movement and education rather than. Oh, I'm going to tell you a bunch of stuff, but then I'm never, or it's not going to ever, you're not really going to see it, you know? So, um, but it's been a journey in that regard. And, and so I think looking back, that's been part of my int- introvert part of it is like, okay, I'm not going to push you to do it. I'm not going to strain myself. I'm not going to strain myself to, to convince you that you need this. So, um, I look at, you know, there's a lot of different, there's millions of different scenarios in my head that, that I look back and I'm like, oh, okay, that now that makes sense. It makes sense why that, you know, went down the way it went down, you know? So Yeah. It, it, I really enjoy the, the intro reflection and like you're saying, you're not a salesman by the gift of gab and being able to sell a product that I would say more of an, um, a, a very specific personality trait or a very learned personality trait. But I really like how you focus on if you're an introvert in an extrovert environment, you're going to sell it through the idea of modeling and telling people that you're an introvert and this comes hard and that here's the way you model this. So you are selling a better way of well-being, which is the ultimate purpose of being in the wellness realm to begin with is to model a better way to do it and help people connect those dots to get on their own path to focus more on a better state of well-being. Yeah, and definitely what I mean, but what I want to really convey is that, you know, I think everybody society thinks that the fitness professionals are all extroverts and they're all, you know, happy go lucky when reality you know, if you if you really did a poll, and I would be interested even in doing research on that, would be like, you know, how many fitness professionals are truly introverts versus extroverts? You know, I know yeah. that, I know that there is, but you know, I think society has labeled the fitness field as like everybody's an extrovert because everybody loves to to do this. When when reality, it's not that way, and it can be extremely hard and a difficult process, but every individual that loves to to really affect people can Mm -hmm. find that switch. And I really, and that's the root thing for me is that I really enjoy um, improving the quality of life of individuals. I don't really do it for the recognition. I don't really care about the accolades, but I really do it because I'm tired of seeing people hurt and tired of people being, seeing people being misguided, um, and things, so I really try to put myself aside and put myself in their shoes to to go from there. So I I try to make it, I guess, 
you know, what you might say a selfless act for the week, you know, I, I, you know, so that's what I really want to convey is that it's not, you know, extroverts are not in this business, introverts are truly in this business. And, and it's really about caring for people. It's not a glamorous job, even though it can seem that way. It's not. So, yeah. I, that's an excellent point. Uh, finishing up the podcast here, I was looking at our time and uh, I think that's an excellent point to end on Chris. Um, any, uh, anything to show a different perspective I think is very important because like you said, we, we get these preconceived ideas of how things are, what they look like, and it's not true. And unless we start to show the, the alternative or the, the truth, it's always going to be misconstrued or looked at, you know, at from the wrong perspective. Uh, so Chris, last little tidbit here, if somebody wants to contact you or, uh, find you, are you on Facebook, Instagram, how are we going to get in touch with you? Yeah, man, I'm, uh, so I'm on social media. Um, you can always hit me up, um, on Twitter or, uh, Facebook. Um, just look up my name and it's, uh, a lot of people misspell it. So it's C-R-I-S, <laughs> um, Chris Kahn. And, um, or you can either hit up Con Squad um, on my Twitter um, and just kind of like hit me up and share me, you know, share with me because I'm always trying to, to influence the younger um, people that are trying to maybe get in the field, but also trying to educate um, anybody that's hungry for education because, I mean, ultimately I've realized also in this journey that is that I'm a teacher and I enjoy um, just improving the field overall and so you know if you have questions or if you uh you know you want to just say hey what's going on i really appreciate the podcast then hit me up on one of those you can always reach me on con ce918 at gmail um and shoot me an email i mean i always like just connecting with people in general i mean it might not be that face-to-face thing but um you know any kinds of um you know, appreciative words or whatnot. Um, and then, you know, I can also share some secrets of the, the business that I've learned personally. So, you know, I definitely love to, to really just touch base with as many people as I can and network with the fitness professionals. So, yeah. Excellent, Chris. Well, that sounds great. I will be sure to include those in the comment section and, uh, um, make sure that people can get a hold of you. Uh, Sorry, I got distracted there for a second. I'm just going to put this on the podcast because I'm recording in the garage. My wife just opened the door as we're wrapping up here. So, so uh, that, that's the, the, the part is uh, I don't have a fancy studio, but I am speaking the truth about what we're, we're about here as individuals and, you know, society at large. So, Chris, thank you for your time. Everyone else who's listening, thank you for your time and your ears. And uh, stay well. We'll see you next week.